Hey, and welcome to the 12 Stone Church Podcast. Thank you so much for taking time to be a part of today's message. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, and deepens your faith in Jesus. Enjoy the message. We serve a great God. We serve a great God. Have a seat in the room. You are at 12 Stone Home in the living room gathering with others. This is going to be a defining day. And I'm fired up. I'm just going to have to own it right off the top, okay? This is the first time in 18 weeks that I get to teach, and there are some people in the room, and I'm pretty fired up about that. So... Good luck containing all this because there's a bonfire building and and we got to talk. It's going to be a great and defining day. These next 35 minutes by the end. You know, someone is going to move from eternal death to eternal life. Telling you what the spirit of God is going to move on you, wake you up spiritually. It is going to be the best day of your life. It, it is better than discovering ice cream when you're a kid or getting your first car or going to college and having all the freedom. It, it is better than your wedding day. It's better than a financial windfall. Listen, it is better than the end of COVID. Come on. When you... When, when you When you are truly forgiven of your sin through the work of Jesus Christ and you have the gift of eternal life and the joy of the Lord, there is no better day in your life here and hereafter. It's going to happen for someone today. The Spirit of God is going to draw you. But this is going to be a great and defining day for these next 35 minutes because some of us are spiritually adrift in this COVID season. God's going to wake us up. We're going to repent and return. It's going to be profound. And all of this inside the book of Jonah, chapter 2. But before we jump into chapter 2, let's do a little recap from Pastor Jason last week with chapter 1. Listen in. See, Jonah is so much more than a children's story. See, inside the book of Jonah, we're we're going to talk about rebellion. And we're going to talk about repentance. We're going to talk about revival. We're going to talk about resentment. In fact, those are the four weeks of this series. Today, I'm hitting the topic of rebellion. Next week, Pastor Kevin is going to talk about repentance, and then we're going to walk through revival and resentment. And I think, listen, I believe that God wants to use this series in the life of this church. You are here at a phenomenal time. In fact, the core of the story of Jonah is really about revival. Everybody here in the chat, 12 Stone Home, I want you to say revival on three. One, two, three. Revival. See, now when you say that word, depending on where and how you grew up, that word either makes you smile or makes you cringe, right? I can't help but hear the word revival in a southern accent. Revival. I can't help but hear it that way. But let me, just just to be clear, I I want us to be on the same page. When I say revival, let me tell you what I mean. Let's put this up on the screen. Here's what revival is. It's a supernatural move of God where the church wakes up to God's agenda and the world bows to Jesus. Let me break this down. Revival is a supernatural move of God, meaning we don't do this. We can't make it happen. That's why we pray. It's God's agenda. Where the church wakes up to God's agenda. That's y'all. That's you, 12 Stone Home. Where we wake up to God's amazing agenda. And then the world bows to Jesus. And listen, the order matters. So we're in the story of Jonah. 
God wants to do a revival in the nation of the Syrians in Nineveh. And, and the wrath of God is going to come down upon Nineveh. And Jonah doesn't care. He doesn't care if they repent. He's like, I'm good with that. May the wrath fall. Just wipe them out. So he goes to Tarshish, runs away from God. God sends a, a big fish and, 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 and they toss Jonah overboard because they discover that he's the source of the problem. And the, the big fish, maybe it's a whale, scripture doesn't say that, it swallows Jonah. And that's where we left off. And that's where we pick up. Look at the scripture from Jonah chapter 2. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. Listen, you would too, wouldn't you? I mean, you get swallowed by a, a whale, a large fish. You're like, time to pray. Smart guy. And he said, in my distress. Am I what, everybody? Distress. Hey, look, 12 Stone Home, you're listening online. I want you to say that word with me and everybody in the room. He said, in my what? In my distress. Hmm. I called to the Lord. I prayed. And he answered me. Whew. I mean, when you are in distress, the best thing you can do is pray. And the good news is, it's the heart and nature of God to answer you. Isn't that awesome? I mean, it's who our God is. And we have distress. We, we have the distress of COVID. And this is unsolved and unprecedented. We, we, have, we have the distress of economic uncertainty, and it's yet to all hit. We've got this distress in our nation of racial tension and, and overdue issues of equality and justice. We've got political unrest. <laughs> I could say more. <laughs> there is distress politically in this nation, in this world. And this is translating into distress in our souls and angst just under the surface and, and uncertainty and frustration. And it breaks through and it's impacting our marriages and our family and our relationships. When you look and listen to social media, which you almost just want to quit because it, people are going after each other and it's undoing all this. And in our distress, we ought to pray and discover that there are things to learn about life. And Jonah would teach us some things in our distress. He would teach us three things, three lessons from chapter two, I'll say them, then we'll talk through them one at a time. Number one, some storms are not of your making. Repent anyway. Number two, some things that swallow you were caused by you. Repent right away. Three, repentance frees God to free you. So live freely forgiven. Oh, <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Let's go to the first one. Some storms are not of your making. Repent anyway. You know, the sailors were stuck in a storm that they did not create. Let's be honest about it. Did they create the storm? They did not. They were in a storm of Jonah's making. But while they were in that storm, there was a progression. And the progression was the storm comes. They're on the ship. And when the storm hits, they care about their stuff. They're what, everybody? Stuff. 
Even if we got to take care of our cargo, we're on a business trip, we're headed to Tarshish. This is important. This is how we get ahead. They got all sorts of plans. You care about your stuff. But pretty soon they realized that their stuff was not the most important thing. They started caring about their safety. Their what? Safety. Yeah. Like, oh my goodness, we're at risk here. And now the stuff isn't as important as it was. Now what's important is their safety. Pretty soon they realize they can't control their safety and they care about their soul. Their what? Soul. There's a progression in this. So make sure you, you get this. Their stuff, their safety, their soul. Everybody at 12 Stone Home, everybody here in the room, say it with me. Their what? Stuff, safety, and soul. Here's the point. Storms reshape what's important. They do. 25 years ago, I started a little tradition in my life, and I go on a, a, a guy's trip. We go for six days, take our motorcycles up and down, usually the Blue Ridge Parkway, and now we've gone all over certain territories. We just, it's, it's just guys being together. It's a good time. So a couple weeks ago, we finished the trip, and on the last day, it's usually a, a long ride home. And this was six hours and 95-plus degree, just hot just sweaty. I'm just, I'm just done. And I had things that were important to me. It was important to just get off the road. It was, it was important to, to, to walk in the door and, and see family. I mean, that was, but it was also important to get to a shower and it was important to be in air conditioning. So, so those things were really important. I got home. I walked in the door. Jaden, my 17 year old, just turned seven, gave me a big hug. And I'm like, yeah, this is what's important to me. And within two seconds of the hug, before I even released him, I heard Marsha scream. And it was the blood-curdling scream, something seriously wrong. I mean, just something's wrong. You can just tell it. I let go of Jaden. I wasn't home for two or three seconds. I ran to the kitchen, and she has a hold of her left hand, and there's just blood everywhere. She was washing the food processor, and the blade flipped, and it cut her palm and it was, it was shockingly unsettling. I quickly grabbed a towel, a kitchen towel, and I wrapped it tight. I said, I'm here, baby. I love you. Let's go. And, and, and storms, not of my making, reshape what's important. All of a sudden, she's important. Her safety. Not my comfort. And we, I rushed her to the car. I raced to the emergency room. Because of COVID, I sat in the parking lot for three hours and prayed for my wife. Don't let that screw up her hand and the nerves. You probably don't want to see the picture, but I want to show it to you anyway because it's gross. So if you, if, you, if you don't like gross, look away. I'll count of three. I'll put it up. One, two, three. Here's, here's the picture. And it's, it's rough. Okay, take it off. Some people just... And that wasn't the end. Wasn't the end of it. She had to go back uh, this past week for hand surgery and grafting the nerves. It'll take six months to a year to find out even if it works. We're in this little storm that was not of my making, but it reset priorities. The sailors are in this storm, and they're all about their stuff. And then the storm comes, and they throw the cargo overboard. I'm telling you, storms reshape your sense of what's important. And then pretty soon they're all about their safety, and then pretty soon they're about their soul. Look at what the scripture says. 
Let's set it inside. Then they, the sailors, took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. Do you get this? They're about to die. They're caring. They're concerned about their safety. They know their soul's on the line. And as soon as they throw him over, storm stops, and they realize, listen, they realize they've been serving false gods. It's an awakening. It's a revival. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord. They no longer feared their pagan gods. I'm inserting this for you. They repented and turned to the Lord. Do you see that? That's what happened. That was a moment of repentance. and They had a revival. And they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. Of course they did. This was an awakening for them. This, this is their salvation. See, some storms are not of your making, but when God reveals himself, repent anyway. Storms reshape what's important to you. We're in this COVID season. When COVID hits, you first care about your stuff. What's shelter in place going to do to my business, my stuff? I'll tell you what, this thing's gone on long enough. Who cares about your stuff? You care about safety. How many times a week do you hear the word safety? Be safe, safety. Are you what about safety? And we should. But what God's really saying is you can't control safety. Tend to your soul. Today, maybe you're awakening. The most important thing is your soul. Not your physical health, your eternal destiny. See, the sailors would tell you stuff matters, sure. Safety matters, sure. But the most important thing, your soul. You should be asking, where's your soul with God? Are you serving false gods? Are you pretending there's no God? Are you living like your God? This past week, heard the story of Daniel Barfield. He's a 12 stoner. He's 30 years old. He was sharing his story, and in his 20s, he came to faith in Christ because of storms, some cancer. It's threatening. You move from stuff to safety to soul. And soul became the most. It was in his storms that it reset his priorities of what's important. And he got to soul issues. And he came to faith in Christ in his 20s. And some of those concerns kind of drifted away. And then it's come back. And he posted on June 27th. I want, I want you to see it. He <sighs> hate it for you, Daniel. But God's in control of your life, young man. He's 30 years old. This is the brain scan. The white is the tumor. He said, it's inoperable. What do you do when you get the death sentence? They don't know if they can operate. They don't know how long he'll live. He's in hospice right now. He's 30 years old. And this is what he posts. If one person's life is changed by my story, meaning if one person comes to Christ, then it will be all worth it. I've learned that suffering doesn't destroy faith. It refines it. My life is not full in spite of the disappointments. It's full because of them. <sighs> you know, Daniel... If just one person wakes up today to Jesus, that's what he means by it would be worth it. Charleston, before we have conversations, 
about what it means for us to be safe and the traffic light. And I'm a red light. My COVID light is red. My COVID light is yellow. My COVID light is green. Church, before we have those kinds of conversations together and talk incessantly about safe, I get it. Can we just declare something as a church? We care about safety, but we care more about souls. I can't. What? What? Come on. We care about safety, but we care more about souls. And, and the church is here to raise the banner that God loves you. You matter to God. Your soul is on the line. And if you don't come to faith through Jesus, the most important thing in the world is lost forever. Get right with Jesus. That's the message of the church. Can we just agree on that before I talk about safety? Everybody says amen. amen. At home, you're saying Amen. Now, let me talk about safety stuff because we have to, and we're in COVID seasons and things transition, and let me give you updates. By the way, I have a, a, a pastor friend. His name is Brian Tome. He's in Ohio. And a, a couple of months ago, uh, he was convinced that their church will not physically gather inside the walls again until 2021. I'm like, really? Yeah, we're just, he, he just feels convinced that that honors God and, and that serves well, and that's the direction he should go. And he's gone public with it, and he's staying with it. I've I, I got another pastor friend, Craig Rochelle. He's out of Oklahoma. Guy loves God, walks with God, leads the, the largest church in the history of America. And they've been meeting live and, and, and in the room in places of worship and in, in campuses. And they've, they've been doing that for six to eight weeks. Uh, talking with a guy in California, and, and now that the governor of California has shut down worship, they're gathering this weekend anyway, and, they're, and, and he believes that's what honors God and honors what's going on and, and serves people best, and it's essential. I, I'm talking this past weekend to another guy in California who's closing down the gathering together in live service because the government shut it down, and he thinks it's honoring to God. Listen, everybody's doing what they think is honoring to God. There are different lives on the traffic light, are you going to really tell me that one of them's godly, one of them's ungodly, and we're all going to go online, and we're going to hammer everybody for their decision because Jesus is with us. Like, whatever your opinion is, Jesus, are you, oh, are you sure? You sure Jesus is yellow in his COVID light? I'm yellow, and here's why. I got all my stats. Everybody has stats. I got an expert. Every color has an expert. Oh, God, if you were really love your neighbor, you'd be red light. Really? Really? You and Jesus? Oh, you would be green light. I don't know what's wrong with the reds. Really? Really? Jesus is with us, so he authors your divisiveness? You sure? You got that much confidence? Jesus descends, I'm with them. Maybe this is more like Joshua chapter 5. When Joshua is on the way to Jericho, right where God told him to be, and he runs into an angel who is a mighty warrior, looks like a regular man, but he knows better. And he says, Joshua says, are you with us? Are you for us or with our enemy? Because that's all Joshua can think. And you know what the angel says? Do you know that scripture? He says, neither. He says, what, everybody? Can't hear you. He says, what? You're at 12 Stone Home. I want you to say it to each other in the room. Hey, David Grant's group, I want you to say it to each other. Count of three. The answer is neither. Everybody here, everywhere, say it with me. What's the answer? Neither. 
Neither. Meaning this, God isn't choosing any of you. He's on his own agenda. He said, I, I am part of the army of the Lord of the kingdom of God. What are you doing thinking we're choosing and we're down at your level? And Joshua fell before him in worship and reverence. Hey, maybe right now what our world should be doing is getting on our knees in reverence and prayer, seeking God instead of social media, telling everybody else that Jesus is on my side. I'm just saying. I'm not telling you I got the answer for everybody. I know what I think God's asking us to do, but I'm in prayer and on my knees and saying, God, how do we follow you and honor you here? So how do we do that? First, we're gathering 12 stone live. Right now, this is live at the central campus. We can do that safe. We're honoring the CDC state guidelines. Staff gets their temperature taken. They're wearing the masks. Volunteers are wearing the masks. You can get a mask on the way in. We have one available for you if you want it. All, all of the lists of details and stuff we're honoring, cleaning, sanitizing. All invested. Listen, it's as safe to come to worship as it is to go to Home Depot, a restaurant, or the mall. It's is safe. Now, you don't have to share that opinion. Listen, this isn't like, now, therefore, you got, no, no, we're a traffic light church. We're not one light, and Jesus isn't picking one light, and you can have a different opinion, but you can't be divisive. So this is what we think is honoring to God in this season for us, and it's safe. And so we'll do as many services as you want. Nine o'clock, you register so that we're honoring. We're, we got 105,000 square feet here and we're bringing about five to 700 people in. It's safe. And we care about safety. We care more about your soul. We care about safety. Now, let me add to it. Update on the campuses. On our website, campuses are opening August 9th back to school and all that. So hear me carefully and clearly. We are equally convinced that there are some unresolved things from education to the spike of COVID to what's going to happen in the next 30 to 60 to 90 days. And we believe it's wise right now to postpone the opening of all the campuses all at the same time and move into children's ministry. So we're going to postpone. The campuses are not going to open on August 9th. Postpone 90 days, plus or minus. We'll watch it. Look, this is not a storm of our making, but we're all in it. Now, I think for some, at least me, there's a sense of loss. Like, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, we think that's wise right now. And some of you are saying, well, good. I'm glad you found, okay, okay. I think it's honoring. I think it's appropriate. Some of you think, well, I want to be with my campus pastor and, and, and campus people. You can. 
Tons of people right here in the room from another campus. Listen, campus pastors want you to know they're here on Sunday. And now we are one church for a season of time in one location with 12 Stone Live. You can call up your fellow campus 12 Stoners and show up together at 9 or 11. And if we run out of space, we'll go one. We run out of space, we'll do a three. We run out of space, we'll do a five. We'll do a seven. We'll do it all. We'll have all kinds of fun together. If you're green light or whatever color light you are and you want to come into live worship, you can. We're here together. It's beautiful and powerful. But equally, God is powerful. Powerfully moving through 12 stone home. Listen, we gave the clear vision, vision 2021. And we said last October, we're convinced that God is moving differently, uniquely, and additionally. And while people will come to faith inside the four walls of the church, God's going to take the church outside the four walls. Listen, I don't have to make it up. It's captured on video. Now it's not because we knew COVID was coming, but God knew COVID was coming. And we think the church is going outside the four walls into your living rooms. Listen, you can do 12 stone home. You can gather a group of eight, 10, 15, 20 people. You can invite fellow 12 stoners, do worship together. You can experience community together. You can go beyond that, make an impact together. People are going to come to faith in the living rooms all across the territory. We got people from other states, other countries. Of course, God's going to move. God's opportunistic and he cares about your soul. And we get to be a part of watching God advance and do his really cool stuff in this season. We should be fired up for what God is doing and what he's going to do next. Who we are, what we get to do. So yeah, we're going after all this. And listen, if you want to start that and God is just firing off into your mind, the spirit of God is saying, see, you hadn't thought about that. And you're like, I haven't. I'm just meeting online myself or I'm with my family. I never thought about bringing others in. Let me tell you to do something. If you're already doing 12 stone home gatherings or you want to just text H-O-M-E home to 37748. Text it right now. Now at the end of the service, after I'm done teaching, we had like a nine minute interview with David Grant. You might want to listen to that. I hope you will. Talks all about 12 Stone Home. But listen, we're in a storm that we did not make. But when God speaks to you, repent. I can't get onto the teaching. I told you. There's a fire in here. You can't, I can't contain it. Okay, I just, it's, it's going to go long. Stay with me. Here's the second thing. Some things that swallow you were caused by you. Repent right away, right? I mean, Jonah is in the belly of the whale, and he's in the belly of the whale, and whose fault is it? Jonah's. Whose fault is it? Well, of course it is. He did this. Listen, if Jonah had followed God and went to Nineveh, would he be in the belly of the whale? No. You're in the belly of the whale somewhere in your life. Man, we, listen, when your marriage is getting swallowed, what do you, is that on you? Your finances are getting swallowed up. Is that on you? Are you following the wisdom and the will of God? I mean, when you say he's Lord, is he Lord? Are you actually following him or is this breaking down? Hmm. We tell God he's Lord and then we act like we're Lord. Now here's good news. Let's go back to scripture. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God. He said, in my distress, I called to the Lord. And the Lord what? Answered me. The Lord what? Answered me. It's really good news. And then he offered a prayer. We got to get to the prayer of chapter two. Got to hear the whole prayer. But you know, when he offered that prayer, he was in unfortunate circumstances. I thought, how are we going to hear that prayer right? I wasn't sure. So I transferred the responsibility to Travis Billman and said, help us out. Check it out. 
Hey guys, I was given the assignment of trying to give context to the prayer in Jonah 2 to see what it would be like to say a prayer when you're in the middle of the body of a fish. And uh, we have the prayer, which is easy to find. What I don't have is what's it like to be inside a fish? I assume there's a lot of dead rotting fish carcasses and various other terrible smelling things. And so I decided to find the worst smelling fish available. And according to the internet, it is Sir Stroming. Sir Stroming is a fermented herring from Finland. That's not even fish anymore. That's prehistoric. I literally ordered it from Europe just so I could bring, uh, bring it and see what it's like to read the prayer from Jonah 2 while you're smelling fermented dying fish. I'd like to see that. I think you would too. But I don't want to do that. That's what residents are for. Here's Trevor. Trevor, we got the can. Can opener. Book of Jonah. Yeah. Open the can. Read through it. If you get all the way through, $100. No gagging. Do you know how to open a can? Nope. Oh, come on. Oh, oh that's disgusting. <laughs> oh. <Ooh. coughs> got it? Okay, now twist it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> twist no, what? No, you got twist. Oh my gosh, have you never used a can opener? No. Uh, oh my oh. God. <laughs> I can't get yeah. it. No, no, I can't get it. I can't get it to twist. You got to twist this. Do your other hand, your other hand. No, the other way. <laughs> what is it with you guys and can openers? Oh. From the inside of the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord God, and he said, In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. <laughs> From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you... <laughs> you hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas, and the current swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. Those... <laughs> Oh my gosh, I'm going to throw up. And I said, I've been banished from your sights and I will look again towards your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head to the roots of the mountains. <laughs> Thank you. I said, I've been banished from your sight. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> yet, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. But... <laughs> God, this is miserable. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. I can't even read it because my eyes are watering. No, I, I lost where I was. The, <laughs> those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love to them. But I sh <laughs> But I with shouts of grateful praise will sacrifice to you what I have vowed, I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish and abominated Jonah on to dry land. I'm done. Come on, give it up for the residents and Travis. That had, I heard it was so disgusting. They had to open up the building and vent it for an hour or so. Horrible. This, Jonah's experience was horrific. Listen, when you are swallowed by the things you've caused, and your sin, it stinks. He's on his way to the belly of this whale, this big fish, and there are things to learn from the prayer. First of all, verse two, he says, I called to the Lord. I don't know if it's obvious to you, so I'll, I'll, I'll just help you see it. 
When it says he called to the Lord, the who? Lord. What he was doing is repenting. It's his prayer of repentance. Chapter two is a prayer of repentance. He was acting like he's Lord, and now he's confessing. No, my bad, you're Lord. Sometimes you have to end up in the belly of a whale before you're humble enough to say he's Lord, right? We've all been there. By the way, I, I don't, scripturally, I want to just explain something to you. It's a quick thought. This is not the wrath of God on Jonah. Just a, this is biblical theology. You got to understand how it works. God's wrath was coming on Nineveh because they were not in the covenant with God. They were not God's children restored to God. God's wrath comes on those who are far from God. It was not God's wrath on Jonah. It was God's discipline. In Revelation 3, Jesus said, I discipline those I love. When you're in the covenant with God, you've been restored to him. New Testament, when you are bought with the blood of Christ and surrendered to Christ, you're a follower of Christ. When the whale comes and swallows you, it is not God's wrath. It's God's discipline because he loves you. See the difference? And we can bring about the requirement of discipline by our disobedience to God. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you're to live holy as he is holy and the power of Christ in you and the work of the Holy Spirit, and you have to stay surrendered. And that's why in Revelation 3, when he says, those whom I love, I discipline, he says, now repent and return. When I was in high school, uh, I was 16 years old, and I knew that the soul was the most important thing, and I was trying to witness to my friends at school. And it took a while in one relationship, um, I was calling Robert, and uh, he was a classmate. We got along, but he lived wild and far from God and quite a mess of a life. Uh, but he was popular, smart, capable, and all this was colliding. And I just felt in the spirit of God witness this guy, which I did over many, many weeks into the months. And finally, over lunch, I had a chance to bring up literally the name of Jesus. And so I witnessed what it means to know Jesus. When I got done, he said, oh, oh, I, you're, you're trying to help me come to Jesus. I said, Yeah. He said, oh, I'm already a Christian. I said, you are? I was so dumbfounded. I'm not, look, I'm not judging him. I'm not better than him. I, I, everybody's tempted. I said, how can you? It just came out. How can you be a Christian? Nothing in your life gives evidence of it. I, I wasn't judging. I was just so thrown off. I was witnessing to a Christian. <laughs> you know what he said? I'll never forget it. Oh, oh, huh. he, he said, no, once you've been forgiven, it doesn't matter how you live. You can live like hell and go to heaven. Said, what are you talking about? By the way, men and women, none of that's in scripture. That's the first thing you need to learn. You're living in sin. Repent. Next thing we can learn from this is just a side point of interest. Was Jonah alive in the belly of the whale? It's not important. It's just interesting. <laughs> so look at the scripture. By the way, this scripture says, now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Noah or Jonah and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. It does not say he was alive. Let's look at this picture. This, this picture, you guys are going to have to go back. It, we often see Jonah here. He's got a light. A treasure chest that's apparently been swallowed, a TV, a car. He's praying. Some have pizza. Was Jonah alive? I'm just going to tell you, I don't think he was. 
He said, well, it says, well, then he offered his prayer after three days, three nights. Well, you go into the Hebrew, the translation to Greek. Many scholars don't believe that transition of the then he prayed really means it was after three days and three nights. Verse two says, from deep in the realm of the dead. The word there is Sheol. It's the grave. It says, from the grave, I prayed. Listen, we read that prayer in chapter two as if it was some soliloquy that he artfully, well, I'm going down through the esophagus in the fish. Let me craft a beautiful poetic prayer. Come on. Anybody believe that? That was, ah, God help me. I screwed up. My bad, my bad. I mean, it's pretty, this was written after the whole experience autobiographical so we could understand the complexity of what went on in a soul. I think he prayed fast. I think he died. And I think he was vomited up three days later and was risen from the dead, and it was a miracle. Now, listen, you don't have to agree with me. You can be wrong. It doesn't bother me. <laughs> it ultimately doesn't matter if he was alive or dead. But it is interesting that in Matthew chapter 12, Jesus, who affirms this story, not as a parable or some creative story, but as a true story, and he said, I will give a sign like Jonah. Three days, I will be dead in the earth and then rise from the dead. Listen, our forgiveness of sin is because Jesus rose from the dead. Ultimately, I'm not hanging on the story of Jonah. I'm telling you that Jesus used that as illustration that he too would die and rise from the dead. I think Jonah was probably dead. Doesn't matter. Either way, God did something profound and miraculous, and it was a forerunner of what Jesus said is true for him. In the midst of the prayer, let me get to the real point. In fact, I'll put it up here for us. Uh, now, let's go back to the prayer. Uh, let's see. Uh, I want chapter 2, verse 9. Look it up in the, in the details. Uh, but I, with shouts of what? Grateful praise will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say salvation. I will say what, everybody? Salvation comes from the Lord. Man, God vomited me up. I got saved from what was swallowing me. Praise be to God. I ran from God. I ran back to God. It, this, these are the things we're supposed to learn. Now, guys, go right back to number three. Let's just get to it. Got to be done. Repentance frees God to free you. There we go. Come on now. That is the beauty of who God is and what he does when he answers us in repentant prayers. Repentance frees God to free you. Live freely forgiven. Whew. And there are two groups of people that need to be forgiven in Scripture, in the New Testament. The first group is like unto Jonah. You know God, but you're living in sin. This stuff that you can live like hell and go to heaven is not from the Lord. He didn't free you from sin to live in sin. It destroys you. I'm not going to spend long on this. I just know that the Spirit of God is going to reveal to you if there's anywhere in your life where you're living in sin, repent today and return. And while you do that, I want to talk to the second group. First group, if you're a follower of Christ, you just start to have your prayers with him. What's, what needs to be surrendered? Second group is the sailors. That, that, that's those of you who don't know God. And you're living in sin. When Jesus died and rose from the dead, it was to cover your sin debt. And in Acts chapter 3, when the first gospel was being released and the good news of his forgiveness, 
He said in chapter 3, verse 15, you killed the author of life. That's the scriptural word. Jesus, the author of life. There is a real God who created you and loves you. You matter to him, but he has to matter to you. He died and rose from the dead. So what do you do? That same Acts chapter 3, verse 19 says, repent therefore and turn to God that your sins may be forgiven. The time to refresh you will come from the Lord. Repent. Repent means that, that you're walking away from God. God's over there. You're walking away from God. Repent is just a 180-degree turn. It's a military turn. You turn and walk toward God. Look, God has walked toward you. He's not far from you. He's right behind you, but you're walking away. So I want to give you a prayer. If the Spirit of God's been speaking to you, this is the prayer you offer. And some of you, you might offer the prayer right now. Here we go. I'll read the prayer. In fact, I'll read a line of the prayer, and then you repeat it. You can just whisper it to God from your spirit. God in heaven, you alone are God and creator of all things. Now you repeat it to him. You offer it to him. God in heaven, you alone are God, creator of all things. I confess my sin and ask that you forgive me through Jesus. I confess my sin and ask that you forgive me through Jesus. I believe Jesus died to cover my sin and rose from the dead. I believe Jesus died to cover my sin and rose from the dead. I bow to you as Lord of my life and today and forevermore. I bow to you as Lord of my life today and forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome to the family of God. You've been forgiven. Live free. Text right now. Let us know. Just let, we're going to encourage you in your faith. Just text Jesus to 37748. I want to pray over us. And you get your phone out and you text Jesus to 37748 because we're going to encourage you. Father, I pray right now for those of us who, like Jonah, are being swallowed up by things that we've caused. There is an awareness and a move of your spirit across our church, across this territory, across this country, and across this world. We are in distress. You are waking us up. God, wherever there is sin, we confess. Repent and return to you. God, there are those who do not know you today, just came into the family. It's the best day ever. And for those who are still wrestling, but God, for those who said yes to you, we celebrate them. You welcome them. All of heaven celebrates with them. Thanks be to God. We celebrate with you. Welcome to the family of God. I pray for those who are listening, who are spiritually unresolved and they're not ready yet. Your spirit hasn't drawn them fully. Listen, if you're not ready to surrender, I just want to pray for you. Oh, God, continue to draw them. You love them more than they know. You would forgive them so fast it would blow their mind. You would free them up if they would just say yes to you. And I pray for you who are in that situation. Oh, God, we care about our stuff. But we're aware that safety is more important, and yet we don't control safety. What we care most about that you care about is our soul. Oh, God, save our soul. And may we walk with you knowing you are Lord. In Christ's name, everyone agreed saying. Thank you again for spending time with us today. A special thanks to those of you who generously give through 12 Stone. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. And if you want to learn more about 12 Stone, make sure you follow us on social at 12 Stone Church and check out a location or a watch party near you. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you could subscribe, share it with your friends, hit the share button, or even take a screenshot and throw it in your social stories. And make sure to tag 12 Stone Church. Let it be a blessing to somebody else. Thank you again, and we'll catch you on the next one.